I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and thank you for joining me on this journey to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others. So excited to bring Lauren Armstrong on the podcast. Lauren and I were introduced uh, through our mutual friend, Amanda Legrand, and Lauren and I had an incredible conversation. Human design is an, it's so important. And you're going to, in fact, in the show notes, you can look, um, I put a URL for Lauren's website where you can pull your own human design chart, do it. I'm just getting into this. You know, I did an episode a couple uh, episodes ago um, talking about human design. This is an important time to know yourself, to know thyself, to go within and really understand you are so beautifully designed. You are such a magnificent gift to this world, but when you don't understand yourself, you can't honor yourself. And without honoring yourself, you can't be fulfilled in the world and live into the gifts that you are here to bring. Human design is a path that I believe in so deeply. It's it's beautiful. And Lauren Armstrong and I have such an incredible conversation. She, <laughs> we're both projectors and it was just super fun um, to create something with her. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and then make sure that you go to her website, you fill out your core, um, your chart, and uh, contact her because she's amazing. So, without any further delay, here's Lauren Armstrong. Well, my brothers and sisters, like I said, I have been looking forward to this episode for so long. Lauren Armstrong is on. She is an amazing coach. First of all, I can't wait for people to go to your website, and we'll talk about your website at the end. Oh, okay. Call out. The projector. Hello. I do. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This has been a long time coming. So it's divine for sure. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, I recently did an episode, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, kind of introducing what human design is, but I would love your just how you got into it and the impact it's made in your life. Yeah. Okay. Where to even start? So I come at human design a little bit differently than I think most um, practitioners do. Um, Mine is from like a very business lens. Mm. So I am an entrepreneur. I was like building my business and like I was doing the things that everyone told me to do and like none of it was working. And then I was told it was like a mindset issue and basically like I needed to work harder and like follow the proven process. (laughs) And like, Okay. So I'm a projector. So for those of you who like know the projector life, like uh, that created so much bitterness and resentment in me because I was like, quote unquote, doing everything right. Right. And I wasn't seeing the results um, that I was quote unquote promised, right? Like no one has a real true promise, but like, you know, I'm doing the thing. Like, why isn't it working for me? So I stumbled across like human design. It was a post about what a projector was. Mm. I didn't, I like that word was totally foreign to me. And I started crying and I was like, I don't know what this is, but that's me. 
Like that's my soul. Like mm. I just know this to be true about myself. And it also explained a lot of like that, like it started clicking for me. Like, this is why this doesn't work. This is why that doesn't work. Right. right? Like all the things that we're told to do in the business entrepreneurial world yes. are that's meant right. for yes. generators yes. and yes. many gens. And that's totally fine and beautiful because it's 70% of the population. So you want a big bang for your buck, like talk to the generators, talk to the manifesting generators, like yeah. create processes, give them something to respond to. That's how they're designed to move through the world. That is not how I'm designed to move through the world. Right. That makes sense. I have to tell you, this resonates so much with me. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my own branding and creative agency grew it to 12 full-time employees, but yeah. it was my first, I wrote a book that got published the first two years in business. It was about my first two years in business. And the title of the book is everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And it literally felt like every day was just a battle. And I was, you know, I built it to over a million dollar company, but I remember this one guy who was kind of rude. It was, it's a, I took, I was bitter when he asked yeah. me this question. He's like, why isn't your company bigger? And I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, I don't know if I knew the answer, it wouldn't be as small as it is. You know, I, I mean, I thought I was going to build this $20 million company and grow from there. And it was just a struggle every day. And now I understand why. And I've only in the past, like three months, given myself grace and forgiven mm -hmm. myself yeah. for being in the position of trying to generate and push and fight and strive to the point where I got physically sick. Yes. My family situation was all messed up. Like, hello yeah. to the reality. Yeah. Well, one, I'm sorry you resonate with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But two, like, um, I'm curious, like, was your illness adrenal related? Yeah, it was, uh, auto it, it was, yes, I got blown out. Yeah. blown out. That's mm -hmm. a really unfortunately common projector story. Right. Um yeah. So resonate so, and, so, and you read, so you read the post. I just want to affirm that. Like yeah, that resonates yeah. so much with me. Like, yes. Yes. So then I was like, okay, what is this thing that actually like tells me who I am? Like this, I feel so seen. And as a projector, mm. like that's really, really important. We see the other so beautifully. Like we have yeah. penetrating auras. It's one of the things that makes us a projector and we see into the other so deeply. Mm. And so to feel reciprocate, like seen, like yeah. oh, I feel seen, like this is huge. I give this to other people, but I don't receive it in the same way necessarily all the time. Mm. So like, yeah. what is this thing? Like I need to know everything. And I'm a five, one profile. The one is the investigator. It's the learner. It's the, or the, the first line, the one, um, is like the investigator, the researcher, the like get to the bottom of it. I got to find like the answers. Right. So my, my, which I didn't know that was what was driving me. <laughs> that was like, where's the source of this information? Like, how do I learn from the source? Um, so I found the International Human Design School and I went through their business consultancy program. So IDHS, like International Human Design School, BG5 is what they call it, Business Group 5. And so I went to school, like literally, how do I use this? How do I leverage this information in my business? Because mm. the way I'm doing it now ain't working, you know? So, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So using that showing up in it and then having other people be like, you've had like a 180 turn, like things are really working out for you. What are mm. you doing? Right. And then it being, oh, human design. Well, what's human design? Like, how do wow. I learn about human design? What's my type? Right. And so then it like, 
as a projector, we're here to be recognized and invited. So like the recognition kept, com- kept coming, the invitations kept coming. So it's like, I'm studying, mastering my system and like letting things flow, which is aligned with my design. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, show that. It's so cool. I, uh, my fellow projector sister, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hear you and I honor that. And I think, I think, um, in business, when I was in executive, um, coaching circles with all these guys that own like hundred million dollar companies and 50 million. And I was this like fledgling entrepreneur trying to build this company with these employees. And it was, uh, and I learned a lot of business, but it, I did like Gallup strength finders, like, and I learned my strengths and that kind of made sense. Or I would do disc profile and I would onboard or hire And those things were okay, but it just was so not work. I mean, it did, it did not solve the puzzle piece that I needed until I found human design. And I'm like, if I would have had this when I had my company, yeah. I would have been devastatingly successful, but I had to learn lessons in life. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're um, a three, five profile, right? So like, yeah. that's like trial yeah. and error. Like you're here to figure it out and to, to throw things at the wall and see, see what sticks and like get that next answer and the next answer and the next answer. So like yes. you're doing yes. it by design. Ironically, I've always said I had people, uh, I tell people all the time, even on this podcast, I've said so often, one of my favorite quotes in the world is by this old um, pastor, A.W. Tozer. And he said, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And I'm like, that is the greatest quote because it's true. Like if you experience something, then you know it to be true. And that's been my life journey. Yeah. Fortunately. That is the third line mantra. Like that's <laughs> yeah, perfect for you. Maybe he was, maybe he was the out of three in his profile, but um, it's so incredible. So tell me, okay, so you start implementing it and then how did, how did you learn about the, the school and like, how do you, how'd you go deeper in this? Yeah. So, I mean, my first line, like I was saying, like the, so what I'm saying first line, we all have a profile, profile lines, right? There's a, a number that's conscious and a number that's unconscious and like, so I'm a five one. So the one is unconscious for me, but it's also like a little bit of a driver of like mm. behavior, right? So uh, ones want to get to the depth, want to get to the source of something. So when I learned about like, oh, what this is a projector, what does the projector mean? Okay, it's human design. Okay, well, who's the school? Like, where's the school? Like, <laughs> I just want to learn. Awesome. Like, yeah. just get me a certification. Tell me like I'm good enough to like go share, right? Like that's very first line vibes, yeah. which we can get really stuck in procrastinating learning if we're not careful mm-hmm. because we're just like, I just want to learn the next thing, but then we don't go implement and do the you know like leading guide for example for projectors so um yeah the two numbers that make up my profile is a five and then a one so a fifth line consciously is like i'm a fixer i'm a like Mm. a solutionist i'm a marketer i'm a practical application gal so like to me a human design there there's two different kind of like schools of human design right there's like the human design that it's here for awakening right like that's the Mm. goal of traditional human design. Like you are here to be enlightened. You are here to be awake. You are here to like find your soul and live your purpose. And mm, like, yeah. Awakening is its goal. Okay. And then there's the business side of human design, which is a lovely byproduct. Like, right. But as yeah. long, when, you, when you start experimenting with this side, it's like you eventually get to that side, but it's usually not like the initial reason you want to get into it. Right. Like right. as a fifth line, I don't know if you resonate with this as a fellow five in your three, five profile, but like Tell me why it matters. Like, right. cool, cool, I can be a lot a weekend, but like, 
how do I make more money? Like, how do I market better? Like, how do I move through the world with less resistance? How do I have a conversation with my husband who's an emotional being and I'm not an emotional being? Like, how do we navigate those like challenges, right? Like those, those were the things that were really interesting to me about design. And so like, that's the kind of the pathway that I followed. Yes. That's amazing. I, I agree. I think, um, the business world is so interesting right now. I just was an MC at this conference in um, San Diego's, uh, the Wellness Council of America, Wellcoa Summit, and all these HR professionals and Gallup research and all these, either from a data standpoint of PhDs coming in that have done research or inspirational speakers for companies, they showed the data and companies are struggling right now. Employees, humanity is struggling. Yeah. However, <laughs> the struggle is going into these workplaces and they, they're the engagement's the lowest it's ever been ever. Even before 2020, it's lower than that. It's just like plummeted and it spiked for a little bit during 2020. And then 2021, it started coming down and now it's like below the lowest they've ever seen it. And, and there's tons of obviously contributing factors, but I thought, God, I wish people knew about human design because they're talking about all these other things that I've heard a million times that do not solve the thing. And the thing is people don't have purpose. They don't understand themselves in the greater context. They don't understand the dynamics working with each other. Um, So I'm glad that it's coming to business. I hope. And, And one thing about companies I've given tons of keynotes in the corporate world. And I say, there's there's a verse in the Bible. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that verse has been used in Christianity to like tithe and give more. But I actually think what it means is where you get your money is where your heart is. And so people's hearts are in the work that they do. And unfortunately, the business community on a grand scale is not stewarding those hearts very well. Yeah. And if they could, if they started to, if they saw the people and honored the individual, how'd it be transformative big time? Amen. Yeah. I, <laughs> I Well, I love that you're just sharing like what you see, right? Because mm-hmm. as projectors, that's our gift is our yeah. gift of sight. It's like the way that we see the world is so much different than the way most people see the world. And like, I love to give this like analogy of, you know, we're, we're the birds, right? Like that Albert Einstein quote of like, if you tell a fish to climb a tree, like if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's will spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. And I don't see projectors as the fish in that analogy, but I would rather see us as like birds. And we, we have this 30,000 foot view of like the way that a monkey could, could climb a tree. We see where the notches are. We see where the, like the most efficient way we see like the best use of energy. Like that's literally what we're designed to see. And we're like up there being like, Hey, like there's a notch right there. Like it could be so much easier. Yes. But people can't hear us if they don't invite us, if they're not available for that because they have their own journeys to go through. But like us getting in the ring and doing the doing and climbing the trees when it, when a bird climbs a tree, it's, beak gets bent, its feathers get torn. It's like Mm. our bodies are not designed to do the doing. They're designed to fly above and see and share. And so like, I just love that you're sharing this from a perspective of, Hey, like we've watched what works. We've watched what doesn't work. Like, can we, are we available to step into something that could work a little bit differently? And like, that is a beautiful gift of a projector. That's that's amazing. And finally, it it feels so validated. And I'm sure for you as well, it's like, 
it doesn't fit. I think in the corporate world, I've, I've been working in enterprise companies and doing brand work for the past almost seven years for big fortune 500 fortune 50 companies. And unfortunately what we're talking about has yet to penetrate that world because it's so function oriented, which is not geared for projectors. <laughs> you know, it really isn't. Uh, but I think things are changing. I know that I think people are recognizing it's unsustainable to continue the path they're going because they're not getting the results they want. So what's next? And I hope that people start asking projectors in a big way, help us. Yeah. Oh, me too. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, until they ask for it, like they're going to be unwilling to change. So it's like, unfortunately, like one of the hardest thing is, is being able as a projector to like watch people suffer because they're like not willing to do something differently yet. And like, you're ready and able and willing for when that invitation comes. But until then it's like, it's your karma. Like they gotta, they gotta go through it themselves. Yeah, that's right. You said that your husband's emotional. You're not emotional. I am not emotional. And my wife is emotional. And now understanding that, and she's a manifester. So we're both non-energy types, which I've learned. Mm -hmm. So we're always constantly exhausted and we have four (laughs) kids and we're like, (laughs) so talk about, I mean, I want to hear your, your exploration of understanding yourself and then how did it help you with your husband and the dynamics and the relationship? Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, there's so many pathways we can go down with this. So we'll just see what comes yeah. out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a self-projected projector. That's like my subtype, right? So um, my decision-making strategy and my strength comes through letting myself just speak without like censoring myself. Like, and I hear yeah. my truth and what like shows up. So just fun little micro fact awesome. to me. Um, so yeah. Okay. So relationship dynamics is like so fascinating to me, mm-hmm. like in design. So for example, um, him being defined emotionally. So his solar plexus is emotional. Solar plexus is that triangle on the right-hand side. When you pull your chart, it's like that is defined for him, um, colored in. He has consistent access to the energy of emotions. He brings them into the relationship. I'm undefined. So anywhere we're undefined is white in our body graph. And that's where we're taking energy in and we're amplifying it. So anywhere we're defined or colored in, we're generating within our body. We're pushing out into the world. That is consistent for us. It's what we can tap into. It's our strength. It's like, it's what we're used to. Um, and where we're white, we're taking in and amplifying. So that can look like two things that can look like taking it on, um, identifying with it, becoming a victim to it (laughs) or, (laughs) It can look like it's areas we're here to go to school in this lifetime. So we become wise about it, right? Like what does emotional regulation look like? It's one of the lessons I'm here to learn in this lifetime. And so are you, Lucas, like, yeah. what, what are emotions? What do they feel like? What does that, what does that experience mean? Like, yes. you know, and not to make it sound like we're robots, but like, we really do feel <laughs> other people's feelings. We don't feel our own feelings. That's right on. Yes. Yes. I used to feel like something was, I mean, truly and I don't want to, this is about you and, and I want to hear everything. But oh, I, this is about us. This is oh, about no, design. About this is about living our truth. <laughs> I thought I was broken. I thought, cause I grew up in severely abused home and, and I thought maybe that level of abuse broke my brain or didn't like, I was living in so much shame about myself because I was not emotional. And so I felt like I didn't care about anyone or anything like I was so detached and 
now learning all that, my God, it was, it's not that I don't care. I love people. I mean, I love humanity. I would give my life for, you know, like I love people mm-hmm. and I didn't understand how I couldn't connect. Like my wife is crying and I'm like looking like I'm observing someone in a aquarium. I'm like, what is happening? I don't know. I'm not sad or I don't know. And, and I'm learning all this about myself right now. And it's fascinating. It, you know what this does, I think, and one of the things, it just gives so much grace for every type, every person. Just We're not wrong. We're not broken. We're unique and we're gifted and we're beautiful. And this really accentuates and honors the beauty of each of each individual. Yeah, this is, um, we call human design, the science of differentiation. Like mm. we're literally different. We're like down to the science, down to the molecules, we are different. And so the enemy of differentiation is homogenization. That's Mm. where you treat everyone the same. You make standards, you live up to the standards or you're failing. Right. And so that, where does that show up in corporate? It shows up in like, you know, in every area because things have been like systematized for the tribe or the collective. We're moving into an, uh, an era of individualization. So like, what is true for you? And so I love that you shared that because, you know, having an undefined solar plexus, like in, in the relationship that you just talked about with your wife, it's like, she's having these big feelings and you're looking at her like in an aquarium, like that's distance for you. Like that's, yeah. not, that's not your experience. So it can show up like that, or it can show up in they're feeling it at a two and you're feeling it at a 10, mm. which is the way it shows up for me. My husband, like, be in an emotional low about something like something that happened at work and he comes home and I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, nothing's wrong. And I'm like, no, no. Like what's going on? Like I can feel it. Right. And so there's, there's this energy of like, you don't have to fix it right. when you're the non-emotional one. And that's when growing up in tumultuous relationships, <laughs> It can look like I have to tiptoe around and not make noise and like people please yeah. and not rock the boat and avoid confrontation and truth. Yes. And that's the low expression of having an undefined mm. solar plexus. And the high expression is just being able to like, that's not me. You don't have to fix it. You can just be with it. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So that, and that's like one center, like, right? Like, so that's one of nine. You can look at like the nine centers and nine functions and look at where are you defined? Where is your partner defined? Where are you undefined? Where are they undefined? And like, what does that emotional relational dynamic look like? Like I can look at two people's charts and be like, this is your most common fight. Like, that's, this is what you're going to fight That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. These are where the communication issues are going to be like right here. It's, it's in the chart. Yeah. So when you put two charts together, like I, I was doing some research before our call or before our episode, there's like nine and oh, nowhere to go, eight yeah. and one, have some fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah. seven and two, work to do, six yeah. and three, better to be free. Better be <laughs> like, what do those, what do those mean? Or, yes. are those titles, just like, they feel like, oh, is that good or bad? Yeah. So many things in design like have, have labels that feel kind of confronting, right? Like, mm. like if you're in a relationship that's a six and three better to be free, it's like, geez, like, I don't want to be in that partnership, but it's just, it's just like an illumination of 
those numbers are when you combine charts together, when you do a, you know, a connection chart, you're looking at who defines what. So like you might bring one trait, your wife brings another, and then a center gets defined, right? So in the combination of the charts, what centers are defined and undefined, if you have all nine centers defined when you're together, it's like nine and no, nowhere to go. That's the little rhyme that it shows you. Like there's not actually room for other people to like come in and out of the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so for example, like kids might be, it's like mom and dad. And then the kids are kind of like over here. Like they're wow. not like entwined into the family as much, maybe, wow. you know, like things like that. So like my husband and I are eight and one, let's have some fun. We're like, Oh, there's room. Like, and we do like have a lot of fun together and we both have, and together we have an undefined heart center, which mm. that is all about the experience of like worthiness. So we both kind of struggle with like, overgiving and trying to prove ourselves mm. both to each other and outside of the relationship. So like knowing that about each other, we get to reflect like, Hey, are you doing that thing again? Like where you're trying to prove yourself and you don't actually need to prove yourself. You get to follow your authority. Right. So like those are conversations that we get to have because we have awareness about it. Um, like six and three better to be free. It's like, watch when you bring kids in, what signs, like what definition do they bring to the relationship? Then it might be you know, it's then you're in your own little penta is what we call it. Um, it's like a trans org form where it's three or more people, which takes on an energy of its own. So like you and your family have your own penta, like uh -huh. you have your own energetic form that takes different elements from you, from your wife, from your kids that like needs to thrive. Huh. Did I go to, did I go to even the weeds no, there? No, no, it's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Um, so how is your husband, like, what's it been for him to learn this and learn himself and go through this process? Yeah. Um, at first he thought I was like a wackadoodle, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. really you're taking astrology way too seriously. <laughs> you know, like, but, and like, no shame to him. Like I, you know, I, I get it if you're not like into the world of it, but the relationship dynamics, he was really open to, especially because I would just use it as language to like kind of narrate our experiences. Like, mm -hmm. okay, what's happening right now is this and I'm doing this and then you're going to do this. And then we're going to like create the same pattern. So like, what would it look like to have a pattern interrupt here mm. and like do this instead? Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's instead of like, he doesn't know his chart inside and out. And like, you know, he's, he's like not really interested in studying the system, but I know, for example, like he has the channel of mutation, which is the 63 along the bottom. He's a generator. Uh -huh. And that means opportunities come to him all at once. It'll be nothing, 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 nothing. And then six things at the same time. Wow. And so just narrating that experience for him when he's in the waiting season of like, nothing is coming, nothing's coming. And then it creates like anxiousness, right? Like, where is it? Like any human would be like, yeah, you know, yeah. but being yeah. like, Oh no, it's all going to come at the same time. I wonder what it will be like it's going to show up. Like that's a very different experience. That is cool. Our, our friend, Amanda, it has a six, three. Yeah. And, and uh, man, this is amazing. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm so many things are go there. <laughs> well, surrendering <laughs> trust is such a massive key to unlock our own peace. So I think it doesn't matter what, profile what energy type like when we can surrender and we can trust mm -hmm. just bring so much flow back into our own dynamics and if we don't know ourselves like in this way it's hard to surrender and trust it's hard to 
believe that there is benevolence and good. I mean, I grew up in religion and Christianity where it's like, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And it's like, yeah, I can do that. And without understanding myself, it seems very cruel at times for what I've had to experience mm-hmm. to just, sure, I'll just keep trusting. And however, like that mutation or whatever you just, was it mutation you said? Yeah, the channel yeah. mutation. Yeah. The, so all of a sudden, like if I knew that, if I was taught that, then I could just rest in like, I don't have to try. It's coming. And it's just when it comes, I'll be grateful versus worrying that it's missed me or I've missed it. Yeah. 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 That's the, that's the real power of design. And then, and then too, it's like this energy of our, our brain, our mind is the spokesperson for that, which we do not have to find. It is the spokesperson of where we are, quote unquote, not enough, where it sees in the other what we want to have, where it sees comparison and lack. So our our minds are just chattering about what we're not. When we don't know what we are, it's very hard to combat what we are not. Wow. 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 When you can look at your definition and say like, no, I am a storyteller. I am an intuitive knower. I am like led. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I really think consistently. This is all the stuff I bring to the table. It's like, oh, okay. I can breathe into, I, I might not follow through. Right. But that's not my gift. Right. <laughs> how have you, how is your spiritual path developed? by going through this. And did you have any spiritual background? Like, do you come from any worldview that we were submarine Catholics? Oh, (laughs) got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, submerge at Christmas and Easter. Um, so like not a super religious upbringing, but like always like there's something greater out there. Like I'm not, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so like the use of like God and stuff doesn't, doesn't bother me. It doesn't offend me at all. Like I right. believe in God. That's, yeah. you know, Beautiful. I use God universe source. Like I have a friend who calls it Gus and I love Oh yeah. I have so a friend much. that calls it Gus too. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love it. God universe source, Gus, whatever Gus tells me to do. Um, <laughs> no, but I just feel, I don't know. Cause what human design does is it says, if you follow your type, your strategy, your authority, you'll have your self theme and you'll experience less of your not self theme. So Mm -hmm. each type has their own alignment theme, like when you're in alignment and out of alignment. So for me, it's success for you. It's success for projectors. It's success, right? Like we're going to feel deeply successful when we're following our type, our strategy and our authority. And when we're not, we're going to feel really bitter. We're going to feel really resentful. Yes. And so to me, they're like beautiful signposts and redirections and like, along that path, I'll get signs, synchronicities, invitations, recognitions, or I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Like I'm being directed and I can choose the less resistant path Mm. or I can choose to not follow my design, to think it's not for me to like, you know, try and be like everyone else and feel disappointed and, and resentful. So yeah, that's the way that that. Wow. So explain this. I heard this um, and I don't really understand this, but there's, so I was told that I am a projector 
energy type, but a reflector personality. Like my personality is a reflector. How does it, does everyone have a energy and a personality that they? Yeah. So, um, we have, if you look at your, your human design body graph, you uh-huh. can, um, and you can get one at laurenarmstrong.com slash human design chart. If you're like, what is this lady talking about? And we'll put that link <laughs> in the show notes. You got to go do this everyone. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it looks like you're looking at, um, a doctor's chart or like, you know, a preschool drawing assignment, sort of with like color in the shapes. Like you don't really know what you're looking at. Right. So on the right hand side is going to be like one series of numbers are usually black. And those are your conscious planetary activations. Mm. It's based on the science of neutrinos. There's neutrinos, tiny little particles that are floating around in the atmosphere all the time. Right. And so at the time of your birth, this is where all of the planets were and you were programmed with that energy. Okay. Mm. Yep. So that is conscious for you. That makes up your personality type. Yeah. It's what you're consciously aware of. Yeah. 88 days before is what we would call your design date. So not your birthday, your design date. Where the planets were at that time is what you're programmed with as your, you know, design date. The re- so those are the red placements or the, you know, the, the left-hand placements. So when you look at the quantum view what are the red placements and the black placements? And together they create who you are, your whole, right? Yeah. But when you just look at the black placements or your personality side, so for you, your personality, all the little black activations or traits, uh-huh. what creates definition, I'm getting real in the weeds here. Yeah, this is great. I love it. <laughs> when you have two traits that connect to each other, that's where you have a strength hmm. or a channel. Strengths or channels define color in the shape on either side, the function on either side. That's how you create definition. So if all the black placements, there's not another black placement on the other side to create definition. That means that there's no definition. You just have defined traits, which would make you a personality side reflector. Hmm. So I'd actually be really curious about your relationship with disappointment. (laughs) <laughs> uh it's called my life <laughs> just, <laughs> just, that, sounds that sounds horrible that is not true no. however uh i've had tons yeah i've had tons yeah. i've had the weird i just say this as we're talking i have had so many close big breaks mm-hmm. And then <laughs> they not only just fizzle out, they like explode. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that was, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm in an interesting period right now of life reflecting or really looking back on all those diff- all those times. But what is, is a reflector disappointed a lot? Is that what's going on? So the not self theme of a reflector is disappointment. Mm. And the not self or the self theme is surprise and delight. Hmm. So it's like, can you tap like overall quantum? Yes, you're a projector, but personality side, it would be, you know, a reflector. So you might really, or it doesn't make you a reflector. Just want to, you know, you, yeah, you yeah. are a projector, but yeah. it's like, can you look at those? Cause I'm a reflector on my design side. Oh, fascinating. So I've been able to kind of notice, oh, you know what? I have a thing about disappointment. I don't want to disappoint myself. And so like the way that that's manifested or shown up for me. And I don't know if this resonates for you is like, sometimes I just won't go for things because I don't want to be disappointed. Mm. 
So mine's the opposite. If someone told me they were disappointed in me, it would mm-hmm. destroy me. It yeah, used totally. to destroy me. I had a news director. I'll never forget. It was the worst experience. Uh, Cause I used to be a TV reporter and I was at this uh, station in San Antonio, Texas, the Fox affiliate. And I had my own segment every night in between weather and news. And I did this story, American Idol is the Fox affiliate. So they were doing some story in American Idol and I didn't show and talk about our station. So I didn't know I was supposed to, but I didn't. The story was still funny and stuff, but this new director called me up and he goes, I am so disappointed in you. I am so, and it just crushed me. I stayed up the entire night. I redid mm-hmm. the entire story, edited it until the morning show producers came in and I handed it to him. I'm like, that's how much, he didn't ask me to do it, but that's how much disappointment hurt yeah. back then. Yeah. Yeah. Did it show up as like, I got to prove myself? Uh, yeah, actually it's evolved where, yeah, to prove back then I was such a people pleaser that I would, yeah, if you would have said that's an undefined solar plexus thing all the way. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I was really, I was really verifying that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to prove that, I mean, this is where I'm talking about like surrender and trust Mm -hmm. right now, where I'm just in this place. I'm not making this like a therapy session, but, but it it's is true. Like, it's like, this is what it is. I've, we're yeah. learning ourselves and everyone watching and listening. Like, this is why this works so important because you're not wrong. You're not broken. Life is not passing you by. There's just deeper understanding of yourself. And that's where I'm at right now in this yeah. whole journey. I love that. So powerful. And it's like, when we eliminate what I call the shame guilt spiral of like mm. us being who we are, like, Projectors don't have consistent access to go, 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 do, do, do energy. We are not here to keep up with everyone around us. There is so much shame and guilt in the collective about that. Yes. Yes. Like, so if you can eliminate that, like what becomes possible, what becomes available, what becomes like this beautiful, like element of grace. Yes. 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 That's so beautiful. You just get to like operate from like, oh, this is just who I am. And like, I get to binge Netflix every once in a while and I'm still more productive than like 90% yes. of people. So like, yes. yes, that is so true. Or take a nap. Like yes. I can crush a good nap. And Same. yeah, I used to make myself wrong for that. And it's like, yes. oh, it's actually required. I actually like to say that projectors, um, we work in our sleep. Like we're mm. going to work when we go to sleep. So we need a lot of sleep. Yes. We have a lot yes. of work to do. Yes. <laughs> figure it out. I wake up all, uh, and you know, it's funny. You're talking about surprise or delight for the reflector. I joke around like every day could be the greatest day of my life. So every day I'm excited. I wake up, I'm like, let's go because it could be the greatest day of my life. And tomorrow will be, I'll feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's so good. That's like that, that surprise and the surprise and delight on the personality side. Like, it's like, you're probably really consciously aware of that because that's, that's the personality side. It's conscious for you, right? Those black or right hand placements. So it's like getting clear, like that might be a fun journaling prompt to do. Like, what is my relationship with disappointment? What is, what does surprise and delight look like? If if Mm. every day we're going to surprise and delight me, what could, what possibilities could that create? And then, then I love to look at like your, you know, your, um, we call it the cognitive architecture or the variables within design because we all look at the world really differently. Mm. So like for you, like you're correctly motivated. Can I share? Yeah, please. Whatever. Okay. Like you're correctly motivated by hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what's possible, what's available and like giving other people hope. Yes. Like yeah. you're a hope healer. It's part yeah. of what you're going to do. 
It's true. It's true. So it's true. being able to like recognize this is the way I look at the world. This is what I'm here for. These are my gifts. This mm. is how other people can t- tap into it. You're here for deep success as a projector. Mm. Like what does success feel like in your body? Like it doesn't sound like the brand agency felt successful. It might've been oh. successful on paper, but like, right. right. It was not the body's breaking down. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I learned so much. The craziest stories I've had. That's one thing people are always telling me like, man, you have the craziest stories. Like every, everything's extreme and a story, but such deep wisdom. Like I really have gone through a lot to come out of there and say, you know, I've learned. So I'm looking forward to like all of us. I think projectors are the leaders of the future. We are the, I think there's going to be a massive shift here soon. Tell me what you see. I want to hear what you see. Ooh, that's such a fun projector question. Tell me what you see. It's like, yeah. <gasps> me? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I totally agree with you. And actually human design kind of, you know, conf- I don't want to say confirms, but aligns mm. with that. So for the past 400 years, we've been in the background frequency of a very tribal, like here to create the systems like the banking system was created. The schooling system was created. We had, you know, industrial revolution. We yeah. like all of that, right? Yeah. All the institutionalism institutions. They yeah. were here to serve the masses. They were here to serve the collective. They were here to serve the tribes. Like, so it's, we've been in this background frequency for 400 years and we're shifting right now in 2027, that shift will be complete, but it, we're watching all of the systems fall apart. Yes. Right? yes. Like, if you have eyes, like yes. the banking system falling apart, like we're going yes. moving into like maybe crypto or decentralized currency, you're looking at the education system. It's like yes. there's 42 kids in a classroom with one teacher who's extremely underpaid and leaves and goes to work at Costco because she gets paid more money. Like, yep. you know, it's like it, yep. it's all of those systems, all of those structures there and they're falling apart. And so in 2027, the background frequency changes and it's more into individualization. It's cool. cool. Like it, you can't not see it once you like take a look around right Right, and so to me what i see like so that's like the human design lens and the human design perspective for me personally what i see is like we are in the information overload stage we are in the we can trick our minds into believing anything stage we can manipulate ourselves into believing anything we want like Mm. i can make myself get on board with anything like yeah yeah I can be presented with fake evidence that makes me believe something and the fake evidence exists. Yes. What we cannot trick is our body mm. and our discernment and our knowing mm. like knowing from the body, not knowing from the mind. Like there's an energetic discernment that's required. And I think we're all being asked to cultivate right now because we cannot necessarily trust what our eyes are showing us. Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. What do they say? Cl- close your, both your eyes and then you'll see like yeah. there's something, there's some saying like that. Like we can only see when we close our eyes really. Cause everything is a deception that we're watching. Yeah. Programming. It's programming, yeah. literally television programming. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I have a buddy that's um, in Hollywood or left Hollywood lives uh, near me here in, in Dallas, but executive producer, very successful movies. 
And he was talking about the Hollywood strike that's been going on over the past few months. And he said, it's the end of acting. It's the end of that. They lost the actors and the writers lost the studios won because the studios now they own the AI, they have access to AI. So now they only need 20% of real humans to do anything. And the rest will be AI generated their voice, their likeness, their fate. And I'm like, man, yeah. But but there will be a, a premium, I believe, on art and humans. And the, I mean, what's cool is I think. Oh man, this is this is. I'm glad yeah, what do you see? This. Tell okay. me more. Tell me more. <laughs> All right. So, and this has been really resonating in the past two days for me. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And I look at the Bible. I've read it seven times, cover to cover. I've read and more than that, and all these different texts, and. I used to believe it was like the, you know, the thing. And now I look at it as the thing that we are. It's like the quantum playbook that you could mm-hmm. jump in and look at in every institution aligns its virtue from this book. It's a fascinating education institutions, monetary, everything claims their government hierarchies, positions, powers, and authorities claim some sort of basis from this text. So it's a quantum book. I look at it, but this theme of the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So we have had the first being tech, Mm. de-individualization, collectivism, non more, you know, like the Borg is the virus that is like bringing everyone into a, a false oneness. We are in, we are one. Yeah. We can't know we're one until we choose into the one. If I if I don't acknowledge my beauty and your beauty and we choose and we see that's the oneness of it all. But this like non-identity oneness is the fake oneness. So I'm watching as I've been working in tech, people's mm, the spark in what they're doing is going away. It's fading. And it's, mm-hmm. and, but what's thriving is still manufacturing and product and tangibleness in the trades and how to be a plumber, electrician, HVAC, how to actually do the things that make farming, mm-hmm. uh, like the real stuff, the real, and how to understand one another. Um, and the beauty is that those of us who have, was, have gone through this and withstood and not bowed our knee or given our energy to a current there's always going to be a current tomorrow will be you know replace the thing with another thing and it's a thing and everyone's constantly like in this flow so they're just like going down a water slide i feel like and they can't see it they're like <laughs> i mean it's insane they're they're on this like ride but when they're done and they realize that they didn't have to be on that in the first place and we're all standing at the bottom and we pull them out of the pool and say now are you ready to walk with us like that's about to happen I feel there's the shift is going to be like, I've always said, there's no unity without humility. And so the humility is coming. And and I've heard, I just released the ebook this past weekend and this mantra that I'd heard over and over and over in my mind, I'd wake up, I'd hear it. I'd go to sleep. I'd hear it. First comes truth. Then comes healing. Hmm. And the truth is coming and it's like water and it's just going, and I don't know if it's tied to the age of Aquarius. I don't know. I use this water slide analogy, but water is always tied to what I feel is truth. And it's going to just, I hope it washes everything away from me that I, I don't want to hold anything that's not true. I don't want to live in any 
falsehood. I want to be pure in truth and light and love and goodness and beauty. I want us all to experience this because this is when life becomes viscerally fun, where we can hop on a podcast and love each other from wherever we are in the world and create beauty together and create something magical, whether we're in person or online. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. It's so it's so <laughs> fun to hear it from like from your and the human designer would say like your differentiated perspective, right? Like this isn't just like what everyone thinks. This is like the way that you work and the way that you're you're designed to work. Like you just said like truth like five times, which I love because your conscious son is in gate six. And that <laughs> if we were gonna personify that, it would be a truth finder. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, like that's that's what you're here to do. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes so like, us free. And I really yeah. feel like I'm here to free us. Like yeah. we're here to be free, free from mm-hmm. the institutions, free from the lies, free from the guilt, free from the shame, pain, traumas, coercions, manipulations, all the things that have kept us from being the fullness, ex- the fullest expression of who we are. Yeah. So truth is that, and love I've learned. So in religion, I went so hard in the pain. I was like a verbal assassin and I have led so many people, quote unquote, to the Lord through that whole time. Um, and I would just beat people's lights out with truth, quote unquote. Yeah. But I realized that, and I understand why I was trying to make the world a safer place for me because I didn't feel safe. So if I could get more people saved and the world would be better than I would feel safe in this place. And there's a lot of my own inner work I had to do. But what I realized is where love is present, where unconditional, pure, true presence of love is present truth is going to come out. I feel safe to talk to you. You feel safe to talk to me. There's no judgment. Like, well, you know, well, how long did you study or who do you think, you know, like, no, it's just, (laughs) it's just our truth. And when we share our truth, we feel free. And when we feel free, that's when we shine like brightly. Yeah. And I want us all to shine. Yeah. Oof. So good. I mean, can I reflect just like another sure, element? Sure. I, I just love that. Like as projectors, I mean, the analogy I love to use other than the birds, you know, is that we're the lighthouses mm. that we stand in really kind of rocky places on the edges of cliffs, shining our light brightly. And those mm. who are meant for it, those boats will come towards us mm. and they will find us and they will, you know, seek shelter with us. Wow. And those who are not, we are not designed to jump in the water and like chase <laughs> so the good. boat. Like yes. Yes. stand shining brightly. And when they're ready for us, mm. there we that's are. beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a really bro- just a reflection of what you said, like mm. of being there. Well, in a more beautiful way, I think. So, <laughs> just in the more analogy, but I'll, I'll, I'll receive it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, when you work with, with clients now, like how have you turned it into your business? Tell me more about your business and how, yeah. So a lot of different ways. And it, it usually comes from recognition and invitation, right? Because that's as a as a projector, that's my strategy is to wait for recognition and invitation. So it's like I'm having conversations with people and then I get invited um, to lead and guide them in some way. So mm. when I went through human design and I would start having sessions, right? Like I do an hour long, you know, human design session. And it felt like I was just like having people just drink from a fire hose. Like, here's as much as I can tell you about yourself in an hour. Like I literally could spend an hour on type, but like, yeah, let's go into the traits and the gates and all the things. Um, 
And so I was noticing, so I, I'm a coach as well. So I like started noticing this is a really beautiful awareness tool, but what's even more fun to me is when you pair it with like subconscious reprogramming. Mm. So I went and got, you know, NLP certified. I'm currently in my oh. master's, you know, prac for that. Um, but it's when you're able to take, okay, well, we can look at your design as like a blueprint as an energy map and say, okay, this right here. So you and I, for example, undefined emotional solar plexus, what is the relationship with you and emotions? Like, what is that story been in your life? How can we peel back the layers? When did you decide that it wasn't okay for you to have feelings? When did you, you know, like really being able to like leverage it a map and a tool along with lots of other tools in my tool belt to be like, how can we unmask who you think you need to be in this life and actually get you to the core of who you are, mm. allowing yourself to live the life that you were designed to live? Because there's one thing to know it and there's another thing to live it. And mm. a lot of people in design know a lot of stuff about themselves. Yeah. But they have a very hard time and do not feel safe living it. So mm. what does that look like? So that's the coaching that I do in relationship. Um, and then I also have, as you saw, projector things. Yeah, <laughs> so <that's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been recognized and invited by lots of projectors. Um, so I have like a program called Projector Portal, which I take you through like all the elements of being a projector and what does that look like and how can you leverage it in your business and how can you market and and what does it look like to not have like a traditional CTA, because that's going to feel a little bit in interesting for totally. you as, totally. as a, as a project, yeah. right? So, yeah. so there's that side of my business as well. Amazing. Amazing. For, I want to hear more about what you see is coming up. Like how this 2027, how did, like, what, is that what human design says in 2027? That's yeah. Yeah. The background frequency changes. So we have these things called, you know, incarnation crosses, which, uh -huh is our conscious sun and our conscious earth and our unconscious sun and our unconscious earth. And like where they were crossed at the time of our birth um, is like kind of like our soul's job description. It's like what we're here on earth to do, um, to do, to see, to be yeah. the different flavors of them. Right. There are 192 of them. And it's like really fun to wow. just like, you know, share with someone like this is your soul's job description. Wow. And sometimes you tell people and they're like, Nope, doesn't resonate at all. Then like three years later, they'll come back and be like, I just reread that incarnation cross and like, did you change it? Did you like update the, no, nothing was changed. You changed, right? Like you started living your design and you can like feel into it and you are who you're meant to be, not who you think you need to be. Like that's the shift of like living your truth. And now I totally lost track of what your question was. Oh, this is so good. Well, what you, what's your, what's your, um, what is it called? Incarnation cross. What's yours? Yeah. Um, mine is the left ankle cross of the alpha, um, which is so funny. My design is literally all about leadership, which is wow. hilarious to me because I'm like the most, no, me really? Like, I don't really want to lead. Like you could go do it yourself, which is so funny because, um, I have the 731 channel in my design, which was what makes me a self-projected projector. And it's all about like, abdicating leadership it's like it's a reluctant leader it's like someone who's like i really don't want to do this but like if you make me i guess i will um and that's definitely the experience that i had in design it's like i like i'm a first line i need to know way more information about this before i like start teaching sharing leading guiding but then i would just keep getting invitations 
to like share the beginning, like what's my type? I'm like, okay, well I can share that. Right. Like, like, can you lead the projectors? I'm like, there's a better projector out there to lead you. Like, yeah, but Lauren, the way that you explain it, like the way that you describe it, like the practical application, like, can you please like create something like this or like lead us and guide us? So, so yeah, left angle crosses the alpha left angle crosses are all about the angles are are significant. That means I'm here for the other, um, because I'm a five one right angle crosses are here more about personal karma. That's about themselves. So like, there's just so much. Fascinating. Fascinating. It makes sense though. I really believe that, uh, I really believe I do. What does that mean as I say that? But I do believe that I'll give a biblical example again. So in Revelation 1-6, in the King James Bible, the Catholic Bibles don't say this. It's interesting, and there's a reason. But anyway, the King James Bible says, and he has made us kings and priests unto God his Father. And talking about Jesus, and I look at Jesus as like an antivirus software. It's like we have all this malware and, and viruses in us. You insert the antivirus and it puts you in right order back to your original, like manufactured state. Um, And I'm like, okay, so that makes us kings and priests. And what is a king? A true king is non-gendered. So king, queen, but a true king is one who preserves the freedom of all. Hmm. We have had usurpers of that title take the freedom of all. Right. And a true priest serves the people of all like serves everyone ministers to everyone but we have lived in a world of religion where the priests and the you know they look like they're being their servants but they're make you know they're flying they're they're living well in many aspects of this uh reality so i'm like who are the kings and the priests that's what i mean like we're the water's going to wash away everything and then we are going to be the humble teachers and leaders. So you will be leading massive amounts of people, I believe, because people will be looking like, what the hell? How do we not see this? How did you see this? How did you not fall for this? How could you see, you know, and it's like, it's okay. We are meant to do what we're doing and you're meant to do what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I, I really resonate with that. I always joke, like I would make an excellent cult leader if my whole thing (laughs) weren't like, I want you to believe and trust yourself. Like, that's like my whole thing. But like, I could totally take all this juiciness and be like, but you have to follow me. Like, that is what a cult leader is. Yeah, right. No, that's so good. You know, I I was was in this interview, uh, I'm interviewing for this very significant uh, role in North America for this company. And and it's a cool role. And I was telling the, the executive vice president of North America and the president of Canada, I said, where I was talking about culture. And I said, the root word of culture is cult. And they're like, what? And I said, what's a cult though? I said, we have a negative tone where there's a negative connotation to cult, but we don't have a negative connotation to culture. And the reason why is cult is a defined set of language that you mm-hmm. must agree to. And if you don't speak that language, then you're out of the cult, but it's the same with culture. If you don't speak the language of the culture, you're not part of the culture. Um, and so it's funny that you're saying a cult. It's not that cults are bad. If you're like a freedom cult, like yeah. sovereignty cult, like, yeah, I want to be part of that cult. Although when it fit the definition of what people really think of cults are, but cults are just agreed upon language sets. Yeah. Oof. So good. 
But I mean, you have like, it's so fun to hear you like talk about this because you have that defined Ajna center, which Ajna, Ajna centers is the way you think, right? So you have a really concrete way of thinking about things like in process out, like, you know, definition mm-hmm. is where we're consistent. Wow. So like the way you think about things is super consistent and like, I, I am too. This is a very defined Ajna conversation. Um, but you have this really beautiful channel of the 1156, which is like, you're here to be a storyteller and share your ideas through story and like examples, which is like what you just did. So it's just, it's just like really awesome. Like to like watch people share in the way that they're designed to share and like differentiated perspective is like, so cool. it's like what we're here <laughs> for, you know, yeah, like we're not here to be the same. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. I would say what makes the rainbow so spectacular. It's not that, there's many different colors. It's that there's many different colors that arc in unison that no one mm. treads on the other color. There's, it doesn't, the orange doesn't try to impede on the net. It's just, we're all beautifully different, but when we're in unison together, Oh my God, like it is the most glorious. And when you double rainbow, <laughs> when you double that, it's even better, but you know what I mean? Like the individual gifts and honoring. And I think we've lived in this or reality where it's been like, and I think the, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, I'm okay. I thank you. Um, the four, the book, the fourth turning where they say every 80 years, there's a massive shift. So like 80 years ago was the world war two. And it's specifically talking about America, but how America, they say, so goes America, goes the world. So 80 years ago was world war two, 80 years before world war two was the American civil war, 80 years before the American civil war is the American revolution. 80 years before the American revolution was the first slave revolt in one of the West Indies islands um, where the slaves got their own sovereignty and claimed sovereignty to an island. And it goes and goes and goes. And they say within those 80 years, it goes, we to me to we. So the pendulum swings. So we are coming back to a me in the 1980s was a me and the two thousands was a we. And I'm wondering what you think of this. Cause we've been on this pendulum. So they're pushing one side and we swing back the other. And it's just been this crazy ride, but it feels like it's going to be a, an, and where it's like the individual and the collective will finally be a oneness in that. Like we will all know ourselves as individuals and then finally step into the true oneness. What do you think of that? I love that. I love that perspective. It's, um, a little bit about like your incarnation cross is that you're here to like create Eden, like it's, yeah. it's paradise on earth. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. It, I mean, that really, I love that vibe of, of what you're sharing. And I mean, I, you know, I look at everything through, through a human design lens. I can't take Ooh. it off. Even if I, <laughs> even if I tried, um, but I'm actually curious about, I've never looked into it, but like the way we move through the Maya, like the, mm-hmm. the, the wheel, and what is activated, like if we look at, like everything has a birthday, right? Like so the United States had a birthday yep. Like yep. when it was formed. Yep. So what return are we in? And how does that correlate to the me versus we? Mm. Um, and the collective versus individualization. Like so that would be a really interesting. Yes, yes because that that is really interesting. Because this country specifically is fascinating and such a beautiful gift to the world because regardless of the individuals and their lives and the virtues and were they good or bad, 
they upheld a document that said, we, the people. Mm-hmm. And it was the very first time in the world before that kings and queens ruled the world. And there was no patent ever existed on the planet. So whenever a human designed or created something, it went straight to the Lord or the king or the queen. They took it. They owned everything. And Benjamin Franklin was the first one to create the patent. So it's like when the individual creates it, it belongs to you. It is yours. And it, it, it so it was like honoring the individual. And then collectively, the we, the people stood in the power of this. And it's fascinating how it works. And it almost feels like we're in kind of a second, I'm going to use this word incarnation of 1776, only this time we're going to get it right. Mm. First time close, but no cigar. And this time it's like, no, we're going to land it. The age of Aquarius. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The water it's coming. Water bearer, like you said, the water. Yeah. And what's so interesting too, is like, I don't know. I love listening to people. You have gate 57, which is like the most intuitive gate in, mm. in design. My husband has it as well. So wow. anytime he says like, he thinks something's coming or something, I'm always really like tuned in to people who yeah. have gate 57 and what they see and what they think. Cause I'm like, you, you know, more than you know, you, you know what I mean? Like you, you have this, this intuitive knowing that's yeah. showing up. It's bubbling up to the surface that like allows you to see and hear and know um, what's coming. So I love that. And I'd be, yeah, I'd be super curious. I've never looked at it. I've heard people talk about it before, but like the America's incarnation, right? So like, I think it's like the Pluto return. Um, I, I think Pluto is every 80 years. I, I have to check my math on that, but cool. and Pluto, Pluto is all about transformation. So fascinating, which is like what, and then they, they made it, they took it away as a planet, which is interesting. Like maybe they're the, I really feel like there's dark consciousness and then there's the light and there, the dark consciousness actually serves the light because they're, they're the contrast for us to really know who we are. And it's interesting when they took Pluto away as a planet, like that's weird. Uh, but maybe there was something bigger than what they were trying to say is taking away this energy for us to return into Mm. ourselves there's always you know there's a big game being played and we can't see the board always but if we step back and back back like you were saying early like if you can't see it i have this quote like if you can't see the matrix it's because you're still in the system but the minute you unplug you're like holy cow like this this yeah wild this is wild yeah oh gosh we have um you have in our designs like the way that i view the world is is one way and yours is is the opposite so i've actually can i ask you okay um so we have this thing in our in our design which is the view the way we view the world Mm -hmm. and so for you yours is survival view Mm -hmm. um i'm curious if you resonate with that it's like viewing the world through what do we need in order to survive yes does that uh yeah yeah, that resonates but i mean i am um I'm a big person on sovereignty and autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we should operate as if the power went out. And what when the power goes out, that's the truth of humanity. There's no, you know, I, I always say that atheism is a modern day phenomenon. It's only created since the late 1800s. It's all people's cultures, countries of ancient times believed in some sort of spiritual realm and understood the relationship between themselves and that spiritual realm. It didn't have to be the biblical God, Genesis one to revelation chapter 22, 
But even in Shintoism and J- Japanese culture where there is no God, they believe that there is a spirit behind every physical entity. There's always been some relationship in the spiritual realm. So the survivalism in a way is like the essentialism of like who we are. However, I've also, I mean, I've gone down prepping like a little bit too far. Like if I'm in fear, then it yeah. becomes one way. And if I like in presence, for instance, when we are in Seattle and it had um, a giant ice storm and it, none of the semi-trucks could get into the parking lots of the grocery stores. And then the power went out. So it was a mess. And this is back in 2012. So we all grocery stores had to throw out all perishable food. They get nothing. So grocery stores, it took a while for the ice to melt and the trucks come back in and food to get back in. And that was the last time I, I decided I will never rely on a supply chain again to take care of myself and my family. Mm-hmm. That was it. So I always have lots of food. I always have a source of water. Always I'm trying to figure out like what's going on. That's on the physical plane. And then I think the survivalism as well as is the spiritual side of like, if the power goes out, that's the truth. We'll look at the stars again. We will, mm-hmm. we will ask the big questions. I don't want devastation and I don't want death and decay, but I mean, if it was peaceful and all of a sudden we had access to whatever, uh, that's how I look at it is like truth will actually finally be revealed. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. I don't know. That's how I see it. I don't know if it, it yeah. is. I mean, that's, and that's correct for you. Like, you know, we all, there, there's six different types of views. Um, and there's one that's like, you know, correct. Like when you're viewing the world correctly, mm. it's, you know, correct for you. And then you're motivated correctly. So for you by hope. So it's not like, you know, survivalist. And then we're like in a fear state. It's like we're survivalist. And then what becomes available? What becomes possible? Can we get like, become a hope dealer, right? Like, yes, yes. So that's really interesting the way that that shows up for you. And um, I love asking people like, just based on their view, the way that they view the world, because there's no one right way. And when we know but that's how you view the world. And it's like, oh, okay, that's really helpful. So what if we're ever in a situation where we're looking at like, how do we best survive? Mm. Like, Lucas is a great person to go to. <laughs> no, like that's the way he sees. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and my, my view is power, I, I, which I, yeah. I feel like, I think that you're, that's your transference. So like when you're distracted by, you'll go to power. And when I'm distracted by, I'll go to survival. Like they work inversely like that. Um, So I'm power of you, which is like, I see who's winning and who's losing. And I see like when you were talking about the matrix and stuff and I was like, oh yeah, Um, everybody with power of you is a freaking conspiracy theorist. Like (laughs) raise my hand. Like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, the, that lovely analogy of like, the red ants and the black ants are fighting each other because someone shook the jar, but they really should be looking at who shook the jar. Yes, like that's, right. that's the way that I see the 100%, world. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there, when is, I operate- there is people just from my own upbringing and where I come from, there are everyone benefits we always have to look at who benefits from whatever a yeah. new headline someone's benefiting. And, you know, like you can follow the money and that's an easy way to see it, but that's kind of reductionary. I always like to see like, well, it's just who benefits mm-hmm. take a step back. For instance, like 
I love conspiracies. I went, when I was a journalist and TV reporter, I never went down any conspiratorial rabbit hole uh, because I just would have disrupted my job too much. And um, right. so survival? I just kind of stayed. Yeah, survival. That's right. <laughs> so I just stayed in the the mainframe of it all. Um, but I also just from my family, where I come from, I also knew a lot of like people make decisions that people are not privy to that affect people's lives. That's like a very simple way to look at it. Like if, when I own my company and I made a decision for the new healthcare policy for my employees, I can, conspiracy is not necessarily negative. It's just people make decisions that affect others' lives that they're not aware of. So I made decisions and my employees found out about them. They were not negative, but there was behind the doors, you could say, um, that happens at every level, higher and higher and higher and higher until you look at, Oh, there's only six corporations that own every business on the earth. Okay. Well then there's only six executive director or, you know, who's the head of those boards. Okay. Oh, they're all family. Oh, okay. BlackRock owns Vanguard Vanguard. Mm -hmm. Like the AP wire is owned by Reuters. So Reuters Thompson Reuters owns the AP and the Rothschilds own Thompson Reuters. It's like, okay, so we, you just go up and up and up and up and up and it starts squeezing into a very select group of people make decisions that the rest of us live with the effects. Yeah. And is that conspiracy or that's reality? I mean, it's reality. reality, Right. (laughs) And, um, I know it's fascinating and and we're waking up, but I think so many people are waking up and then they're looking for the same people, the same systems to save them because they don't know yet. Like, how do we, what does it look like? Like there's a little bit of anxiety. It's like, okay, the system's going, it's sinking. And now what? Yeah. And the now what? I think they have, I think we have so many supernatural gifts as human beings that have been with frequencies and fluorides and chemtrails and all the stuff to numb and calcify and, and hide our own gifts. Yeah. But when their system goes away, we're going to come online in a massive way. And it's going to be like, wow, we are who we've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And what's so, I think what's interesting about this conversation, especially like having it with you as someone with like a fellow defined Ajna center, a majority of people don't have a defined Ajna center. So like the low expression of that is like uncertainty, like kind of like seeking to be certain. And Mm -hmm. so these institutions and these systems that have been like put out, like those have been the quote unquote certainty It's an illusion of certainty, but it is, you know, it's, it's certainty. And so being able to say like the opposite of uncertainty isn't certainty because there's no such thing as certainty, but it's really about like self-trust and allowing things to unfold and trusting that you'll make the best decision for you and your family Mm. and knowing what trusting yourself feels like. Mm. That's, that's gold. That's magic. That's, that's self-reliance. Yes. 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 That's the sovereignty and autonomy I was talking about. Where, yeah, exactly. Um, and sweet Amanda, who didn't make it on this podcast. She, oh, all she, about uh, it. Yeah. All about it, which is where we connect so deeply on. Um, I want everyone to go to your website. I want to like how, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and, and connect with you? Yeah. So two ways. One is on Instagram. 
So I'm at Lauren E Armstrong underscore on Instagram. Um, I also have a separate projector page that's at projector paradigm. So um, both of those, those places, but my website is laurenarmstrong.com. And if you are a fellow projector, we have a fun masterclass for you called projector success that's available. Um, if you're any of the other types, we also have lots of fun stuff for you too. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to pull your chart, you can go to, um, my, what I mentioned before my website slash human design chart to pull your own chart. And they'll give you like, a we'll, we'll email you with a prompt to get you to a free training, to get you to all your good stuff. Um, Love it. I want ever please everyone go to Lauren's site. This it feels a little bit like a movement or feels mm-hmm. like a groundswell of some of some sort. And I'm so glad to have you on. I think you're just you're yeah, really cool. Yeah. You're really yeah, cool. I <laughs> you. I'm like, let's let's talk about more things. Like let's just keep going. So I know. Yeah, I really know. Um what what would you love to leave people with like i don't know i feel like you you have something that we're, we're supposed to hear we're supposed to come out we'll see what yeah. we'll see, what yeah, comes we'll out see what it is. Yeah. i i always share like i think you're perfectly designed for what you're meant for and so if like you're feeling a pull if you're feeling a call if you're feeling a shift a desire into changing the way of being like you're right on time mm. you're not behind it's by design mm. i'd invite you to tap into that beautiful Beautiful. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. I will put uh, your Instagram, all the Instagram, both the Instagrams and the URL in the show notes. So everyone go check it out. And thank you. Thanks, Lucas. Appreciate it. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. That was a blast. Everyone, like I said in the intro, make sure you go to her website, fill out your chart, work with Lauren, do a session, do whatever you feel called to do. But this is the time for you to learn yourself, to know yourself to honor yourself. We are here, brothers and sisters, designed so magnificently to shine, to be the beautiful vessels that we're here to be. The world is waiting for you and I to step into ourselves fully, not to step into the world, but to step into ourselves and be the invitation for others to do the same. This is what we get to do. So thank you for joining me on this journey. If you haven't yet, please like and subscribe the podcast, rate it, comment, share it, spread the word, be the light in someone else's day today. Share this episode if it resonates with you and it will resonate with someone else. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution and I will talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com. <music>